All right, everybody, we're here today to break down El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. My name's Chris Reed, and I'm from the Herald's Time Out Entertainment team. Here today with my colleagues, Carl Pushman. Hello. Lydia Bergen. Hi. And David Skitworth. Hello. That sounded so fresh, guys. Nobody would know it was about the fourth time we'd done it. <laughs> Polished. Uh, regular podcast listeners will know that the Herald's Time Out team did a podcast called the worst game of thrones podcast in the world uh to coincide with the fourth season you were part of that weren't you carl i was i was and it lived up to its title certainly but it was very popular despite being very terrible and seeing as this is take four of this podcast <laughs> we're keeping that tradition alive and well it was number one in the itunes chart that's right yeah it was fantastic isn't it but we're here today to talk about Breaking Bad. So just to recap, the series finished, I don't know, two years ago, something like that. And uh, over the weekend, Netflix released the Vince Gilligan written and directed El Camino, which was kind of the postscript, in a way, to the full TV series. What do you reckon, Carl? Well, instantly, it was great to be back in that world that with that level of craft that Vince Gilligan and his team brought to Breaking Bad the series, which really cemented its place in that sort of second golden age of television, along with Sopranos and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of shows now which are, you know, premium TV, it's called, but just again with this, you could instantly see that level of care and detail and just craftsmanship that Breaking Bad and now Al Camino has, and Better Call Saul, the spin-off, of course, that other shows just don't get. They don't have that same, I don't know, the same attention to detail, the same sort of cinematic quality, even though they can be quite cinematic in their presentation, just some of these shots that you get in the show are just incredible. So, yeah, I was I was pretty impressed and right. enjoyed it. That's good. We'll come back to that, some of those points in a minute or two. What did you think, David? I really enjoyed it as well. I was um, pretty excited when the news broke that it was that the El Camino was being produced and I was always looking forward to catching up with those characters and that story. Um it had been, obviously, it was actually 2013, so it was, was a long, it that long, a long ago? time between drinks that, since the finale, and I I had Six lost years. track. I've yeah. clearly not done my basic research. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when the series was running, I had, you know, up until the final season, I was re-watching the seasons as, they, as, the, as it all progressed. But after it finished, I never revisited the final season, and I, so I was a little bit, I'd forgotten quite a few details about how it had all come to that point where El Camino begins. <clears throat> um, so it was, it, I was going in cold in some ways, watching it again, but um, it, yeah, the, revisiting those characters particularly. And, and you mentioned, Carl, the, the sort of the shots that, that are pretty synonymous with the show as well. And I think, the, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, the, the landscape mm. has a lot to do with that, the New, New Mexico setting and... Um, but I was really impressed. Whether or not it is was essential to to make this film, I'm I'm divided. But well, I enjoyed it. That's a big question, isn't it? And we'll definitely come to that. I should also say that if you are listening and you've not watched the film, it's probably a good time to stop listening uh, because there's going to be basically every spoiler. We can we're remember. Always, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lay it all out for you, Lydia. It's a good chance to ask you what you think. And I came to you last because. You didn't watch the TV series. That's you hadn't right. watched the series, so this was this was kind of a an entry point into the world right at the end. Did you think it? Could you understand it? Did it stand alone? 
Well, I didn't want to go on completely blind, so I did end up watching the pilot beforehand. But luckily I watched it with my boyfriend, who is a big Breaking Bad fanatic, so he was on hand if I had any questions. But as a standalone film, it did a really good job. I thought it was quite enjoyable as quite a, like a chase and suspenseful thriller movie. Um, whether or not it was um, as good as it could have been if I had watched a show, who knows. But it was quite an enjoyable, enjoyable film overall, yeah. I think I think that key point is, was there any point in having it? I mean, a lot of people thought that the way the TV series ended with Jesse driving off laughing maniacally after escaping the neo-Nazis was kind of a good opportunity to finish it in, in a way that let you think for yourself what might happen to him. Mm. Here it was clearly laid out, and, and we did see that he had a happy ending. Um, what do you think, David? Do you think there's any point in doing it? Yeah, well, because I had forgotten exactly how the series had ended, for example, I, to get confirmation that Walter White did die, you know, that was a, I found myself wondering, like, did I know that already? But to have that confirmed in the film pretty early on was, was you know, satisfying in some way. And, but not as much as learning where Jesse goes on to and, and what his story is, um, as you mentioned, I, part, part of the only detail that I do remember from the finale was Jesse driving away laughing and crying at the same time, and um, a bit of sweet doesn't really sum it up for him, but the, his escape. Um, but you're, you're rooting for him all the way, I think, and, and even through the series, like he was such an underdog in the, in the dynamic between him and Walter White. Um, so I was pleased and enjoyed seeing him um, get some redemption. He did get some redemption, didn't he, Carl? Well, we don't know what happens once he drives down to the Alaskan town. He might think, I'm going back into... Oh, mate. Gonna... <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? have his moment of joy. <laughs> yeah. But in that, in that last we saw of him in The Last of El Camino, he seemed quite happy. <laughs> he did, and he was wearing mm. a rather nice grown-up cable-knit sweater as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was probably one thing that I thought was maybe a little bit on the nose as far as your sort of... Um, symbolism, how he's got the pure white wooden <laughs> cardi on right. to symbolise perhaps a, you know the straight and narrow path he'll now be on. But maybe he was just cold. Maybe he was just <laughs> cold, yeah. Uh, there were some notable uh, flashback scenes featuring some of the best-loved well, before characters. We, before we go into that, you didn't, we missed your thoughts on what you thought about oh, it. I thought you'd you never was, asked. You were so busy, so <laughs> we, we are going to keep this brief. <laughs> I really liked it. I watched it on Saturday night and I'd spent most of Saturday being really, really ill. Um, so I kind of don't know if I was my head was full of cold or whatever, but I really liked it. Uh, I watched it with my wife and the first thing she said after we finished was, what was the point? I didn't feel like we needed that. But I did quite like it. I think it was one of those things where, I guess, fan service to an extent. Um I don't know. I do. I can kind of see the argument that it it would be quite nice to end it on a on a point where you had to think for yourself, like the Sopranos ended. Mm. Um, but I, I thought it was really, really well done. And just back to your one of your early points, Carl, about the cinematography and how it was shot. I can't remember. There, there were there were noticeably some kind of quirky camera angles, and it felt to me like there were more than you got in a normal episode. But that's maybe because Vince Gilligan didn't. Yeah, there they might have been a, f a higher ratio, perhaps, but because that's because they're cramming essentially yeah. a season story arc into a yeah. movie. But Breaking Bad was full of shots that would make you sort of yeah. 
sit back and go, wow, that looks yeah. really cool. This one had some great ones when he was with Mike Ehrmantraut and he gets told to go to Alaska and this by that little stream yeah. thing. That looked amazing. All those crazy desert scenes with those little mountain Didn't the painted desert look absolutely amazing? Yeah, it was like, whoa, that looks really cool. So, yeah, there, there might have been like a higher ratio, but I think that's just as a contrast or because of what it is and you know the luxury of time they didn't have to get the story out in one movie two hour running time yeah i think the point of it was just perhaps it wasn't crucial or essential but it was an entertainment and for those two hours it was highly entertaining and it didn't ruin anything so yeah <laughs> not so that i thought vince gilligan would yeah, ever yeah, do yeah. it yeah you're right it, it it didn't it didn't take away from what we'd already seen although there is a i was talking to another chap in the office and he sort of suggested perhaps it's we've seen him drive off we've seen jesse now drive down into alaska we don't really know what's happening in Better Call Saul. Perhaps their stories, because the same person has sent mm. them both off into their different lives. There's a in Better Call Saul. There's a whole future segment that you get little flash flash forwards to that are in black and white, and the story hasn't caught up to those black and white uh -huh. segments yet. Mm. So perhaps those two, because even though Saul isn't in Alaska, who knows? Those stories could converge, in which case we could have a new series, or who knows what's going to happen. So that's I mean, this is pure fan theorizing here. But that could be quite interesting if those two characters meet somehow and we could have something new. Well, the title, a Breaking Bad movie, not the Breaking Bad mm -hmm. movie. Singular. Yeah. Could there be more? We could have Skylar's movie. <laughs> and Aaron Paul was saying in the lead up to the release that when people were, and he was keep, kept it a secret from everyone, apart from his closest friends and family, what he was doing while he was working. And a lot of people assumed that he was filming something for better call Saul mm. and he said that that was an easy decoy for him to but they but he, he actually had to deny doing that too because they were on a break of shooting better call Saul mm. right 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 mm. okay. so this, this could be tinfoil hat <laughs> magic eight ball wishing conspiracy yeah. stuff but I, no, I, don't think. I still found I had questions I don't know if it was just someone who hadn't watched the show but the ending wasn't quite as satisfying for me as I thought it was going to be um I just found that I had so many questions, like, what happens in Alaska? Is he going to be okay? Um, in the flashbacks, obviously, they show a lot more of um, him escaping the um, tortured environment he's in in the show, but I still had a lot of gaps, obviously, from not seeing the show, and I wondered, is there enough questions left unanswered for them to make another show or movie? continuing on from that. No, that's a good point about the fact that he went to Alaska and, you, and, and like Carl said before, you don't actually know if it's going to work out. You know, is he, going to, he was the number one fugitive in the States, so it's weird that he went to the States. All <laughs> 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 be at the last frontier. The, what, Lydia, would you, are you going to go back and watch the whole thing now? Did it kind of whet your appetite? Yeah, I mean, Walter White's character really intrigued me. I mean, I only saw snippets of, of him in the movie, obviously, and from what I saw in the pilot, um, it's. I think it seems interesting how he, I was talking about this with um, my partner and he said that Walter ends up being very horrible to Jesse and kind of drags him into this mess and then expects him to deal with it. Um, and he kind of just lets everything happen around him. So I'm interested to see how how the character development occurs over the show and how Jesse goes from this teenager plucked from um, drug-dealing obscurity into this absolute wild <laughs> adventure that they seem to yeah. go on. Well, that was, I mean, the key story arcs of the two main characters were that Jesse was kind of a little bit off the rails and then you ended up having loads of sympathy for him and Walt mm. was stand-up guy who you kind of found hard to have any sympathy for, really, the way he was at the end. 
Um, that's probably fair, isn't it, David? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Horrible is the right word for Walter White. And and Jesse, for all his faults and um, lack of intellect mm-hmm. in certain areas, um, you, you, you do you, you did have a lot of sympathy for him throughout the series. And he seems to retain his, well, I wouldn't call it innocence, but... Um, Naivete. Whereas, whereas, yeah, whereas Walter he just goes off the deep end and... Yeah, it's a far cry from the from the character you meet in episode, on the pilot. But still, the flashback right at the end of El Camino when Jesse knocks on Walter's hotel room door and they walk down the hotel corridor and go and have breakfast, I think that was a really nice uh, pointer to the relationship they once had where right. Walter was talking to about going to college and you could see that he was the kind of that father figure that mm. Jesse thought he needed. And how mm. great was it to see both of those two guys acting together like that? Yeah. It was- just made you realise again how great Brian Cranston was in that role as well. The acting is just every and even in Al Camino, every actor was just so great in it. Yeah, that was kind of the moment where I sort of felt a bit squishy inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put a tear to your eye. It was nice. And going back to those shots, my favourite shot in the whole piece was the uh, shot when Jesse was searching Todd's flat for the money, and it went to an aerial, and it was kind of there were oh, six yeah. different. Just this rooting around a fantastic that was very shot. Breaking Bad sort of yeah. stylistic thing. I can't remember what the episode is, but they, they have done that in the series. And it's just so great. It's really cool. You get so much information so economically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was poignant, of course, because Robert Forster, who had a key role in the original series and in Better Call Saul, um, and now El Camino, died on Friday, mm. didn't he? That was a bit sad. What a way to go out, though. <laughs> Performance-wise, we're talking. Like yeah. He was phenomenal in that, in that movie. So great, the scene where he, Jesse Pinkman finds him in his vacuum cleaner shop. And he does that whole thing with the phone call to the police. And that, that little scene. And that little scene where he's, Jesse Pinkman's going, you didn't call the police because of... <laughs> that was that the biggest lull. <laughs> you know, it was like very tense. And then, of course, you see the police pull up behind him. And it was just... <laughs> That whole thing was so perfectly done. You made me want to buy a back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing that Breaking Bad does so well that you sort of gets overlooked in all its drama and violence and all the rest of it is that there's so many comedic moments in it that just make you laugh. Yeah. Another good example of that is when the he pulls into his friend's place with the car and they organise it to be towed away <laughs> and the guy does this, the tow truck driver turns up to dispose of the car and he does the check on it and then the tracking beacon goes off and it, you just see him his face go white and then you see him running out and like that hard cut to him running out of the yard and you don't really know what's going on at that point and it was just so funny they're all chasing after him come back yeah yeah, yeah what that, are you doing there's a real, fleeing <laughs> that, and that is something that's run through it's that, that jesse has never been able to escape from there's a tragedy about his life where he's continually going from the you know fire into yeah from yeah. <laughs> the situation just keeps on getting worse despite his best attempts and whether it be him thinking that that the guy's not going to call the cops on him <laughs> or then he finally finds the house with the money in it and he's got you know he's got the jackpot and then Look it was almost there. farcical, wasn't it? Yeah, he, poor guy. <laughs> but there were suggestions that he had kind of matured and was on the right path. I don't know if anyone noticed, mm. but in one of the final scenes when he was holding the letter, did anybody see who the letter yeah. was addressed to? W- was it his mum and dad? No, it was Brock, his son. Oh, right. Because remember the, right, mother, yes. the mother of his son was offed? You see that flashback, yeah. which is pretty awful. 
Yeah, so he was just holding the the, the letter that he was posting to his son. We can only speculate on what it might have mm. contained. Maybe some money or how to get in contact with him when he was older. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been contact because Robert Forster's character read it. That's true. And then he said, mm, I'll post it to you. Yeah. I'll post it for you. Oh, from, from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I couldn't have had any information like that. But um, there, there are two things that have been exciting the internet over the weekend since the movie dropped. One is that uh, Jesse, is it Jesse Plemons, who plays Todd, who mm-hmm. was brilliant. He was brilliant in this, I thought. He was super creepy. <laughs> but he'd... But, I think it's probably a sign of how well received overall the movie was that one of the things that people have been chattering about was that he's put on a bit of weight since the original series was filmed. I say this as somebody who could do to lose a few pounds myself, so I'm certainly not castigating him for that, but um, that got people talking. The other thing was that Jesse didn't say bitch. Yeah, I was I was waiting, especially when he hooked up with his old pals, um, Skinny Pete and Badger. I was expecting <laughs> a bit more banter from those guys. But, um, yeah, I was surprised for how iconic that, that Jesse's use of the word bitch throughout the entire series was that, yeah, it, that he didn't roll it out once. I think my only kind of, if, if I was going to quibble, I think the only thing I'd say is that Jesse was quite understandably heavily traumatised when he first arrived at mm. uh, Skinny Pete and Badger's house. Then he had a sleep and a shower and a shave. And he seemed, seemed obviously, he's not going to be super right after being locked up by a lot of loonies, cooking meth for mm. six months, but he'd come right a significant amount within 24 hours. Yeah, I thought that was probably a detail that if it was a series, they would have they yeah. would have lingered and yeah. his recovery would have been drawn out a bit longer. But obviously they they fast-tracked that. And I wonder how much is also out of necessity realising that the cops are coming, he's on the run, just like... Just clicks he's in. a survivor, eh? Yeah. And he, yeah. yeah, after a, after a quick kip and scoffing down some noodles and he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's quickly aware that he, he's got to keep moving. So we saw flashbacks uh, featuring Mike and we saw the flashback featuring Walt and Jesse's girlfriend, who Walter murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any flashback cameo kind of revisits that you were hanging out for that we didn't see? I was kind of a little bit sus when they started doing going down the path of flashbacks. Like I was wondering, oh, how much is this film going to rely on? I mean, in, in a lot of ways they had to go back and show certain things. I, I get that. But um, none really stand out for me, and I didn't think it was missing any, certainly. Um I thought everything that was there could be justified. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, th- I thought maybe Saul might be there somehow, but because he's got his own series, I wasn't really upset that <laughs> he wasn't in it. Thus, giving credence to your theory that there might be mm. a Saul movie coming up. Perhaps why waste him on this? Perhaps. Ooh. I'd like that. Well, I did interview Bob Odenkirk for one of the seasons of Saul. I think season two, and he was saying that he would like to tell more of that future flash forward story he wasn't sure if they were going to but he wanted to explore that character because you know how Saul sort of be, Jimmy becomes those sort of characters and he wanted to find out more about him and I did speak to Vince Gilligan as well and I asked I said to him oh Bob Odenkirk said this what do you think about this and he did say that there was more to that future story of Saul's that he wanted to tell and get to and he hoped he had the chance to do it so perhaps these things could all you heard mm. it here first <laughs> <laughs> exclusive 
All right, um, we'll probably wrap it up around now. And I just mentioned, I know that people were talking about Todd and his physical appearance yeah. being different. I, th- I thought Skinny Pete, he, he didn't look as ratty as he did in he the series. He still looked pretty ratty. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but he looked he looked older to me. And he seemed to have his life semi-together with a house and... Yeah. You know, it was, it was cracked me up that they were doing what they would always be doing, and Jesse could rely on. <laughs> I don't them to remember be... seeing his hair before when he took the hat off. That, and his dad just assumed he was bald. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, just yeah. That was and and another little thing on on the the camera angles and the shots we've been talking about. I I sort of seem to remember from the show that a lot of the the shows uh, the, the camera angles and cinematography used to sort of reflect the the drugginess. Mm. Of, the, of the of the series and it was yeah everything was a little bit skewed or whether it be a low yep. angle shot mm. or um and and there were some other strange um camera shots like that episode where the fly was annoying oh, jesse and, the, so and i think that begins in one of those large tanks and um so that i don't was a bottle episode wasn't it yeah Self-contained. so i didn't really get that vibe from them from this film or any sense of that there was continuing. a great sort of low angle shot where Todd was you was you saw Todd outside the apartment and he's sort of down at the bottom and the sh- camera was quite far back. Then it switches to looking up at the balcony right. and you see that sort of this thing coming over the balcony and then gradually you realise that it's the body and that it's about to dump <laughs> the body over the side of the so balcony. Was, was Todd the one who looked like Matt Damon had been stoned yes. by a thousand bees? He was halfway between Matt Damon and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah that's a good comparison. <laughs> you, you asked me about him earlier and I didn't get, and you might wonder why I was a bit short when you answered. I'm a huge fan of Kirsten Dunst and I can't believe he's with her. He's <laughs> punching above his weight is what I was saying. Outrageous. Um, I was prepared to just go with everyone looking 10 years older because of the fact that it is 10 years later since yeah, they filmed it. So I was like, there's a little bit yeah. of suspension of disbelief when you watch anything. And I was happy to just to roll with those things. Imagine if they tried to digitally de-age them. It would be a disaster. Like the Irishman. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we seem to be, uh, there seems to be a bit of a consensus that it was all right, wasn't it? Um, and I guess taking all that into account, everything we've just said, it seems to be whether you think there's a point in doing it or not is down to personal taste, but in terms of what was actually made and the movie itself, it's a decent piece of telly. Yeah, yeah I think I it think stands so. on its own, right? Mm. Should we do Should we do marks out of five, stars out of five? Do you want to start, Lydia? I'll give it three stars. Three? That's harsh. Mm. Kyle? I think, yeah, I think coming in cold, I don't, I don't know how rewarding it would be because there is so much... Yeah. It is a direct continuation. Like, even though it's called a movie, it's very much an extended episode, yeah. which is all fans really want. Mm. It'd be interesting to be able to, like, erase my brain and watch yeah. it cold and wonder this. You know, I don't know how highly I'd rate it either. Yeah. As a fan, it's probably an easy four and a half, perhaps five stars. Because what else are you going to do? It's like a nice. I like that the stakes, while high, weren't ridiculous. Like, it's all hinges. I need $1,800, which. How am I going to get it? You know, that's really good. And there was, uh, we need to get rid of this body. And there was all those, the stakes never felt huge, but they were crucially important. And that's for Jesse's story. And that's what I really liked about it. It wasn't some big bank heist thing, even though there was a shootout, which was pretty cool. But yeah, so I'd probably put it around four and a half, five stars, just because Mm. it gave me everything I wanted out of it. I enjoyed watching it and I would like more of it. (laughs) Fair enough, David. Uh, I'd go with four stars. Um, I can't really fault it in any way, but it, 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 
I'm not sure if I could say it's perfection because there were a lot of brilliant episodes and this just seemed like an extended episode, like you said. And um, I was happy with it, though. Um, yeah, maybe instead of a movie, they should have done it as like a, a mini-series and added an extra hour on, split it into two, and then you've got two one and a half hours a mini-series. Mm. Bring back the mini-series. <laughs> uh, uh, Sorry, I cut in on your, no, 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 <laughs> your wrap-up. I don't. I've always found kind of five stars. I don't know why I asked for five stars because I was find it really restrictive. I think I'm going to give them mm. marks out of twenty from me. I'm going to say seventeen. Right. <laughs> but that's better than saying four point two five stars. Yeah. All right, you out there listening will have your own opinions, no doubt, and very good on you for that. But uh, thanks for listening to ours. This has been a Breaking Bad podcast brought to you by the Time Out Entertainment team at the New Zealand Herald. Thanks for listening.